Let's get started. God, thank you for this chance to, uh, to meet, to get together, to begin this new series. And I pray um, that you just show us these habits that we're going to look at it and why they're important and why we need these um, in our lives, God. A lot of times we focus on, on bad habits, God, but may we just see that there are good habits that we need to have in place and things that we need to do just to um, walk a little bit more closely to you. Shame, I pray. Amen. All right, so we are on our new series called Atomic. And this whole series is all about developing spiritual habits. And so um, we're here. Has anybody ever studied atoms in school? Yeah. So what are atoms? Yes, what is it? Tell me. Anybody, I don't care. Tiny things. They make up everything. Tiny elements. What? They make up the elements. Make up the elements. It's the second smallest What's the smallest? The protons and Okay, we've got a bunch of nerds in here. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the smallest unit of matter, and they make up everything we see around us, but they're both super important and super tiny. Like we just said, everything, every single thing that exists is made up of atoms even though we never see or we never notice all of the atoms. Um, and kind of like atoms, your life is made up of lots of things that you never see or notice, kind of like your habits. You don't always notice when it's happening, but you probably have a habit of breathing, right? Do you guys breathe typically, right? Yeah, you have a habit of breathing where you don't think about it, you just breathe. Uh, you have a habit... Do what? It is. You have a habit of getting hungry, Every few hours or 15 minutes, I don't know, depending on who you are. Um, you have a habit of throwing your stuff in the same spot every time you walk home, maybe. Like when I get home, I take my keys out, my, my wallet out, put everything into a hat on my dresser. So I have, that's my routine when I get home, that's my habit. Maybe you have a habit of sitting in the same seat that you, that you usually do. And if I'm looking out here, you, you're sitting in a lot of the same seats that you normally sit in, right? You have those habits. Maybe you have a habit of humming when you're thinking or playing drums with your hands whenever you're thinking or when you're concentrating, you're like JoJo and you stick your tongue out. When she guys her tongue out, that's when we know that she's serious and she's like me in a business. We have these habits that we don't think about, right? You probably even have routines you fall into every single day, even when you don't mean to. And think about it when you wake up every morning. Do you guys have a routine you do in the morning? Yeah? Like I, wake, I, have, I have the same set of routines, same things that I do. When I wake up in the morning, it's, I do it, do it every day. So we all have these habits that we don't really think about. Some of those habits are helpful, some are harmful, and some are just neutral. And sometimes we don't realize we have certain habits until they cause trouble for us, right? Have you ever noticed a habit that you didn't realize you had? Or maybe what about a habit that you wish you didn't have? But instead of stressing so much about our bad habits... What if we focus more of our time on adding helpful habits to our lives? A lot of times we focus at church or things, we talk about giving up these bad habits. We don't spend a whole lot more, we don't spend as much time, I don't think, talking about the good habits that we need to be doing. So our habits are small, but they're incredibly powerful, just like Adam's, just like dirty diapers. Has anybody ever walked down the hallway of the nursery, especially like when MDO is in session? It's powerful, it'll knock you over. Right? Smelly diapers are small, but they're powerful. 
or maybe coffee. It's literally just bean water, but it's small, but it keeps you energized for hours, right? It's small but powerful. And so what else? What are some other things that are small but powerful? What else? Huh? Ant-Man. What? Ant Man. Yeah. M and M's. I I love sugar. Okay. What about sugar. this? Bees. Bees? Yeah. Why are we sticking with the insect world here? Um, yes. Oh, you just oh you just stretch. Okay, got you. I'm gonna call on you next time. All right. What about like you have things like uh, dynamite, right? That's the word dynamite comes from the Greek word um, dynamos, which is for power, for dynamite. So dynamite is small, but it can tear some things up. Or the book of James says your tongue is small, but, but mighty. Like it's like a, like a spark that can consume and start a forest fire from a little tiny spark. That's small, but powerful. In the same way, most of your habits are probably small, maybe tiny and hardly noticeable habits that you may have, but over time those tiny habits can powerfully impact your life, either for good or for the bad. So what about your spiritual habits? What are the small things that you do every day that either draw you closer to God or maybe they keep you at a distance? And what are some small changes that you can make now to get closer to God over time? And that you set some goals for getting closer to God, how can you actually meet those goals? For the next few weeks, we're going to talk about four different spiritual habits that can help you get closer to God over time. My, my, my desire is to see that you have this desire to grow closer to God, right? That's, I want to see you guys take one step every day of owning your own faith. Because you can't rely on your mom or daddy's faith and their salvation to get you into heaven. That's not what's going to do it. My goal is to see you guys just take one step to own your own faith every day. And these are four habits that we're going to talk about for the next month of how you can grow just a little bit closer to God through these habits. But you may already have some of these habits that help you do this, but we're going to get really specific to see what other new habits we may be able to create in order to grow. If you have your Bible or the Bible app, we're going to be in Matthew 17 in just a moment. But the problem is, how do you know which habits will actually help you get closer to God? Right? Because growing spiritually may feel like a mysterious process or like, man, I don't really know what to do. I don't know how to do this or I don't know what I need to do. What does it mean? How does it happen? How do you know when it's happening? So to help us answer those questions, we're going to share. I'm going to share with you a story written by a man named Matthew who was one of Jesus' first followers. Not only was Matthew one of Jesus' first followers, he was a historian. He wanted people for generations to remember what God had done, so he wrote out in detail all of Jesus' important stories and encounters. Jesus had a habit of climbing mountains in order to spend some time with God. Over and over throughout the Bible, you see mentions of Jesus heading out on solo hikes in order to pray just in solitude. But this time, he actually invited a few friends, and then something pretty incredible happened. This is what it says in Matthew 17, starting in verse 1. It says, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. 
If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. When they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. This is... Anybody pay attention? Did y'all listen to this, actually? It's, it's crazy. If you're reading this and thinking, wait, what just happened? Then you know how Peter and the disciples must have felt when they saw Jesus transform or transfigure right before their eyes. They thought they knew everything there was to know about Jesus, but suddenly it's kind of like this. I hope I still have my video, my music down. Y'all ever seen this video before? Yeah, it looks, that's probably me on the right. I think he impressed him with his dancing skills anyways. Okay, maybe Jesus' transformation is maybe a little bit more awe-inducing than the dance battle. But you get the idea. This guy, Jesus, he was transfigured. He was transformed before. They thought they knew who he was, but then this happened. The radiance of God shone. He was changed. And Jesus' transformation on the mountaintop is an important part of Jesus' story. Many religious leaders had expectations of who Jesus was supposed to be. Some believed he was the Son of God and some didn't. They wanted... They wanted the Messiah to be the one who was going to come wielding a sword and overthrowing the Roman government. That's who they wanted. That's not who Jesus was. Even his followers struggled to believe who he was. Because Peter, he was one of Jesus' closest disciples, but he still questioned if Jesus really was God. But Jesus, his form changed right before his eyes. Peter's understanding of who Jesus was began to shift as well. And in time, the shift in Peter's perspective led to a significant shift in Peter's whole life. And although Peter's journey was, with Jesus was a, a little messy at times, he stuck close by Jesus' side, and, and, and God used him to do incredible things. And just like Peter, we may, we may have our own assumptions about Jesus, questions and misunderstandings of who Jesus was. Maybe think that Jesus was a good teacher, and, and that was enough. Or maybe... That Jesus is just a crutch to lean on when life gets tough. Or maybe you think that Jesus won't love you or accept you until you get your life together. Or maybe you think that Jesus is a good option, but not the only way to God. Until we make it a habit to spend time with Jesus ourselves, we won't have a chance just to see how truly amazing he really is. As we spend time with God, we'll be able to see more clearly who he truly is, just like Peter did that night on the mountaintop. If you have your Bible, turn it over to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We've got another story, the very last part of that chapter. Paul, he's another early follower of Jesus, and he wrote a letter to a church in the city of Corinth. In it, he described how Jesus' followers can experience the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 3, the very last verse. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And in chapter, or chapter uh, 4, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, 
we do not lose heart. But we have renounced this, uh, disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to, to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. It's not just Jesus who's transformed. I want you guys to make sure you guys understand this and get this tonight. It's not just Jesus who's transformed. We can be transformed as well. To be more like Jesus over time. And that happens with the power of God's Spirit and our commitment to change our habits. So when we make a habit to spend time with God and turn away from the things that displease God, that's when we begin to discover God's transforming power. That's when we better, better understand how great, how truly great God really is. When we make it a habit to spend time with God, we begin to experience God for ourselves and not rely on, on Sunday school teachers, your youth pastor, your pastor, the, the teachings you hear at church to be the only way that you're getting fed. You experience God on your own. When you spend time with God, and turn away from things that displease God, you, you're changed from the inside out. For as long as you live, you, you will continue to build habits. But the habit of spending time with God regularly is one habit that can transform your life in significant ways. One of the hardest things I've ever, I've ever done in, in my walk with Christ is I've read the entire Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, I think, in 90 days. That was, that was a lot of reading. Um, that comes out to just a little over 13 chapters a day. Uh, it takes about 45 minutes to an hour to read my, my, my daily Bible reading plan to do that. Um, I looked it up on the Bible reading app earlier and just to see the time, like because a lot of the translations, you can press play, you can listen to it. So I'm like, well, I wonder how long the first 13 chapters of Genesis were. And it came out to be uh, 43 minutes and 12 seconds if you just press play and listen to it. That's, that's, that's one day. Then you get to the book of Psalms. Some of the Psalms are pretty short. Then there's one, Psalm 119, that it alone would take, it said, uh, 16 minutes and 38 seconds to play that one chapter. It's a long chapter. But anyways, it's reading the Bible for, for 45 minutes a day and, and, and finishing it in 90 days and seeing the story of God's plan, His redemption from day one and be able to do it in a, in a condensed time in, in, in such a short time frame. It's, it was profound. I discovered things that are connected that I never knew were connected. And from reading the scriptures in that short amount of time, I learned that and saw, if you guys, if you look at the New Testament, if you've ever read the New Testament, one out of every ten verses in the New Testament is either a direct quote or an allusion to an Old Testament quote. One out of ten. That's a lot. So if you read the New Testament, one out of every ten word, or ten verses are going to be some part of the Old Testament. That's crazy. So just a side note, maybe you should learn the Old Testament as well. But to do this plan, I usually break it up. I maybe do four chapters in the morning when I got up, a few at lunch, and then the rest um, when I went to bed. And it was, it was a challenge, but one that I felt was worth it. It was, said there were times I had to crunch and, and try to get it, get it done because that's, that's a lot of time. But it instilled in me a habit to read and just to fall in love with God's Word more than I probably ever have because, like I said, I consumed it all quickly. I was able to see the whole picture a little bit better. When we spend time with God, we become more like Jesus. We're transformed to reflect more of God's nature, more of God's character. So as we build habits that shape who we are, we need to make it a habit to spend time with God. That's what we're called to do, is to spend time with God. But like we said before, spending time with God can be a habit that seems strange 
and mysterious. It's not like Peter spending time with his friend Jesus, because they were there together, right? It's us trying to find, spend time with our invisible creator, which can be kind of maybe weird or hard sometimes, right? Because he's not, a, he's not right in front of us so that we can see and touch. But spending time with God might be easier to understand if we break it into three words. Learn, pray, and worship. If you have the Bible app, you see this in there. If you don't have it, write it down. This is something you guys can use. Write it in your notes, whatever. See, this is a great way you guys can see how you can spend time with God in these three things. The first one, again, was learn. Thanks to the Bible, books about faith or, or teaching like this, this message right now, we can spend time with God by learning more about who God is and what God says. And I've been uh, going through and just mowing down podcasts right now. Uh, I've been listening to um, First Century Youth Ministry. It's all about youth ministry from the perspective of, of a first century person. Um, if, if you didn't know this, Jesus probably, more or less, he was almost a youth pastor because most of the people who probably led were probably 16, 17 years old. I mean, there's, we don't know, of course, there's no way of knowing that with 100% certainty, but there's some ideas we know of what, what a disciple, who they would get, who, you know, how these, the way the Jewish education system was, they would go to Jewish school, Hebrew school, they would actually memorize the entire Torah. Do you guys know this? Like kids in Israel, they would memorize Genesis through Deuteronomy, like word for word. That's crazy. And then the better ones would learn Psalms and Isaiah. Still crazy to me. But they would do this. And if they weren't quite that good, then they would go back home and, and do what like their parents did, which is kind of what you see with Peter and James and John and Andrew. They weren't disciples. They'd been, they flunked out, if you will. And so we, we can imagine them to be, you know, probably a teenager. And so I've been doing that one. I've been doing the two, math, uh, two Messianic Jews podcast. That's a good one I've listened to. Um, other, I've been listening to all kinds of podcasts in different ways to learn different reading books. So a great way just to, to, to spend time with God is just to learn. There's all kinds of ways, all kinds of avenues that you guys have that other people didn't have in order to, to learn. And then pray. We spend time with, with God every time we talk to God, and that's all, that's all really prayer is, just talking to God. In the Jewish world, their prayer, they would pray, I don't know, 600 or 700 times a day. It was just something that they would do. Anytime something happened, they had a little blessing that they would say and pray to God all day long. So they were always in this constant attitude of prayer. And then the last one, again, was worship. We spend time with God when we worship on our own or with other Jesus followers. You know, there's different ways to worship. Not just singing songs. Yes, that is worship, but there's so many other ways to worship. You can through that through meditation, through, through journaling, through solitude, through silence, through fasting. There's all kinds of ways that you guys can, can worship. And it's great alone, and it's great together as, as a church. So we're going to get specific. How does this actually work? How, how are you supposed to spend time with God? This is where I want you guys uh, to get off your Snapchat or whatever it is you're looking at, because I can see phones lit up, and maybe you're at Bible app, I don't know. But I want you guys to think through this. Learn, pray, and worship. Those three words, right? So give me some ideas um, that, that you guys can actually do for those three things. Learn, and pray, and worship. What are some ideas? This is where you're telling me out loud. Pick, pick one of them. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So we're going to get, I want you to get specific. Um, so if you're going to say daily devotional, 
what, what are you going to do? Like, give me specific, what, how are you going to do it? What are you going to do? What are you going to read? When are you going to do it? If you can't come up with one, that's fine. But I want you guys just to get specific. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, we have some in that box over there if you need one. I mean, but you know, so I want you guys. So what are some ways? That's that's what are some other ways you guys can learn and pray and worship? Read a chapter a day. A chapter day. When are you going to do it? Uh, which which book? What are you going to What are you going to read? Huh? Psalm. Psalm. It's the book of Psalms. Okay. In the morning. All right. That's going to take you how long? Huh? Well, if you do one a day, it's going to take you 150 days. You could. That's it's 16 minutes. It's fine. But yeah, but it's Psalm 119 is broken up into I don't know 24 or so sections. It's based on each. They have I don't remember how many letters are in the Hebrew alphabet. I don't know how I passed Hebrew in seminary, but I did. But there's one letter for each. It's like a it's a acrostic. What else? What do you guys? What else can you guys do? I need to ask the question, do you want to spend time with God? It may sound kind of mean, but I mean, if you can't, if you can't say it here, what you want to do, how are you going to do it? I mean, we're here, we're, we're here we believe together, we, we're family. We're here to encourage each other, and we're too scared to say, hey, I'm going to follow God by doing this. I don't know, maybe it's all your small groups, I don't know. So the thing called... Habit stacking. That may sound kind of weird. Um, this is kind of what it is. It was popularized by a guy named James Clear. Habit stacking sounds weird, but it's effective. This is kind of what it looks like. After or before, that's what this last means. After or before I blank, I will blank. Okay? And so if I can get somebody to pass these out and some pens to the kiddos. Okay. And then we have some pins on that in the spool back there. So you have the paper. It says it has this right here. After or before I blank, I will blank. So here's the idea. It's it's called habit stacking. You are to stack your habits. Together. That's why it's called habit stacking. That makes sense. So you have a ton of habits that you do every single day. So if you want to add a new habit to your routine, an easy way to do it is to attach it to a habit that you already do. So first, choose a habit that you want to develop. Maybe it was to read a chapter of the Bible every day. Maybe it was to do a devotional. Maybe it was to pray for five minutes. Maybe it was whatever. Whatever your, whatever your habit is, Okay, that's what you guys to do. And then attach it to a habit that you already have. Maybe like, after I eat dinner, then I will write in my prayer journal. After I, um, you know, after I, I get out, before I get out of bed, I will read the Bible for two minutes, or I'll read a chapter of the Bible. Uh, after I think about somebody, someone pops in my mind, I will pray for them. Um... 
you know, whatever. So you have habits that you already have. You know, after I brush my teeth, I will, or while I brush, you know, after I brush my teeth, I will, you know, pray for two minutes or whatever, you know. So you have this habit. So that's what the, the after, before, blank, that'll be the habit you currently have in your life. After I get out of the shower, after I eat dinner, after whatever, you're going to put that habit you already have in the first blank. The second blank will be, I will do whatever this new habit is to, to grow closer to God. So again, after, before I do whatever habit is you always do, I will do whatever this new Bible or this new habit to grow closer to God. Because what kind of transformation you experience depends on what God needs to transform in your life. It's, it's not always predictable. Because God likes to surprise us sometimes, and you can just ask, ask Peter. But one thing is for sure, when you spend time with God consistently over time, you, can, you can't help but be transformed. That's what God's Spirit does to us. So this week, I want you guys to give it a try. Use those cards. I, I would love it if maybe you would, you know, take a picture of it, send it to me, send me the picture so I can, I can ask you, hey, how are you doing on this? Or maybe even post it to your social media so maybe you can just say, hey, look, what, this is what God is doing in my life. And I think most of us have social media, but I don't know how often we use it for, for, some, you know, for, for sharing who God is in our lives. So maybe that's something, but I, I would love to see what it is that you guys are going to be doing, not just so I can, that way I can encourage you and, and, and just talk to you about how it's going. So this we give it a try, whether it's through learning or through prayer or through worship or all three, make it a habit to spend time with God. God, thank you for this uh, chance just to, um, to look at habits, the importance of habits. God, may you speak this last 10 or so minutes, God, as we go into our small groups, may you just... Um, Show us what habits we need to do, some things that we need to do to, to learn uh, about you, God, or ways that we need to pray or, or different ways to worship you, God. May we uh, speak those things, God, and, and not just have this be a piece of paper we're going to throw away before we even leave the room, God, but maybe it's something that we think about it and actually do to make it a, a habit to spend time with you, God. In your name I pray. Amen.